when we lean in, think about this from an evolutionary perspective, when we want to touch something, smell something, taste something, hear something better, we lean. A lean activates our five senses. And when we want to be engaging, whether that's as content creators, as writers, as entrepreneurs, what do you want? You want people, you want to activate people's senses. You want to get them engaged literally on all their senses. So a lean, I could lean into you to say, this is going to be good. This is a soul fire production. Well, hi there. Welcome back or welcome to the show. You're listening to episode 110 of Yes And with me, Judy Holler, and it's brought to you by our friends at Advocare. They're a wellness company on a mission to help you look better, do better, and feel better. And I am so grateful they are the studio sponsor for this show. And guess what? Because you listen, if you want to check out Advocare and their awesome products, you can do that and get 15% off every time you shop. Just use Yes And 15. I'll link up to everything in the show notes so you can learn more and support this podcast every time you shop. Ooh, okay, so today I got one of my favorites on, Vanessa Van Edwards. She's actually um, been on the show twice now. She was on the show back, back, back in the day, back when we used to call this the Fear Boss Show. Uh, so I've got her back on the show because she's got a new book coming out. But listen, this is a big deal. We're talking about cues. We're talking about your, your vocal cues, your verbal cues, your visual cues, and your body language. And most importantly, how all of that impacts and affects people that buy from you, promote you, work with you, all of the above, right? So it's important that we understand the vibe we're putting out into the world. And there are four big categories of cues that we have to understand in order to make progress, make things happen. And oh, by the way, amplify the quality of our life along the way. And what I loved about my conversation with Vanessa is we talked a little bit about neuroticism. Um, I'm full-blown a neurotic. I am a very proud neurotic, which means I have some pretty steep and severe anxiety. And it also means I'm deeply affected um, by external cues and things that happen in my environment. And I can really misread things. I have a very bad habit of misreading things that are probably not as dangerous or dramatic as I'm making them out to be. So by really leaning into and understanding cues, I can not only make my life a lot easier, I can also reduce anxiety and get back to the work that I love doing so much in this world. So if you've ever been interrupted in meetings, overwhelmed in presentations, or even felt awkward during interactions, it's not you, babe. It's your cues. And if you can become fluent in the language of cues, these tiny signals we send to others 24-7 through our body, our face, our words, and our voice, you will have a massive impact on how you come across to and interact with others. Vanessa wrote the book on it, literally the book on it. She has used the latest interpersonal intelligence research and fascinating real life stories from billionaires, celebrities, politicians, and reality stars to teach you how to do it. And do you want to hear something really cool um, and totally serendipitous? Vanessa's first book, Captivate, which is equally dope. Um, 
also linked up in the show notes if you're interested. Her first book, Captivate, came out five years ago and is one of my favorite books, so much so that I quoted her and the the brilliant idea, one of the brilliant ideas she presented in that book called Conversation Sparkers. I quoted that idea in my book, Fear is My Homeboy, because I loved it so much when we were talking about being the CEO of you and advocating for yourself and this idea of using Conversation Sparkers to spark cool conversations instead of boring basic conversations that everybody else has was really powerful. So I had reached out to her team uh, to get approval to be able to do that. When you want to quote another author in your published body of work, you need permission to do that, right? So I reached out years ago and I made that connection with Vanessa. And ever since that interaction, she's been a part of my world and has been so gracious and cool and generous. And we've built up this little uh, business relationship. And she calls me for what she calls her walk and talks. So she'll go for walks and call her business friends. And uh, we, we sort of have these quick hit business conversations and make connections for each other and just talk about what we have going on. It's so dope. Anyway, so she asked me to actually be a case study in her book the book I'm holding in my hands, her new book, Cues. And I was blown away by that. So I'm actually like featured in her book as it relates to visual cues, the visual cues you're sending out to the world and am acknowledged in the back of her book. And it's just, it's such an honor and a full serendipitous moment. So I'm proud to be a small part of her big book and her big work in this world, but I'm mostly excited to share her and her brilliant mind with you here today. Vanessa's taken the last couple of years really digging into cues and how important they are for your business and in your life. So I wanted to have Vanessa on today, not only because I adore her and I think she's so smart and that this book is so important, but I don't want you to be overlooked, underestimated, or misunderstood ever again. This episode and Vanessa's book can make sure that doesn't happen. Vanessa is a speaker, researcher, and national best-selling author. More than 36 million people have seen her on YouTube and in her viral TED Talk. Her behavior research lab, The Science of People, has been featured in Fast Company, USA Today, and Entrepreneur Magazine. She's been on CNN, CBS, and many more. Her book, Captivate, The Science of Succeeding with People, has been translated into more than 16 languages. For over a decade, Vanessa has been leading corporate trainings and workshops to audiences around the world, including South by Southwest and MIT. She lives with her husband and daughter in Austin, Texas. She's one of my favorite people. Without further ado, here is my chat with V. Is it official? Is it official? Uh, am I, am I officially on the yes and airwaves with Vanessa Van Edwards? Woohoo! It's official. I see a red dot, which means it's official. We, we are recording, my dear. We are recording. Okay, so thank you for being here. And I, this is the second time we've had you on the Yes And podcast. Okay. Oh, you are my first God. two Pete. You're my first two Pete. That has never, I don't know if two Pete's a word what? or a thing, what? but you're my well, first you know, two Pete. I, I maybe had that goal in mind because when I was looking for examples for the book, I was like, what's a way that I can get on this podcast again? And I was like, I'm, I know I'm going to put Judy in the book in the part about font personality. I can't. So you are in it because you have font personality. Yes. That's, I, that's a cute. I feel font honored. Cues. 
I feel okay. We're gonna break that down. First of all, I am in. Like, can I just receive that 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 piece of magic for a minute? Like Vanessa, I am Vanessa Van Edwards has just told me I am in her book, which I knew I was gonna be in your book. But um, what an honor to be uh, profiled and just a small part of your big journey, Vanessa. And it's so fun since you've profiled me for the book. We've since built out House of And, and even that brand has its own style and cues and graffiti fonts and uh you know the way it looks visually does have a lot to do with the cues we're sending so out into the universe is, yeah like we don't even realize so there are cues in the colors we wear there are cues yeah. in the fonts we wear by the way reading font personality science is a good afternoon now oh my god i can't even imagine <laughs> I, I love research but reading about font personality for example guess the unfunniest font if you want to be funny you shouldn't use this font guess what it is on uh, Times New Roman. Comic Sans. Oh my God. Which is of ironic. <laughs> which comic. is ironic because it's called comic. What? Like you went into the weeds on this. Like, no, in... I like, in the book, I tell you the funniest font. I tell you the font that you should use when you want to be taken seriously. We talk Shut about your font. I mean, <gasps> there's so. There's cues oh. in our fonts. There's cues in our profile. Okay, pictures. I am so here for this. Like the way we type our emails, the way we show up online, all of it. Okay, so let me, let me back up for a second here because I want to get into all the juiciness. But I have to say first um, that what I love about your work and specifically your books and your writing style is that it's not only fun to read and engaging, but it's also research-backed and full. And I mean full, full of yeah. actionable yeah usable tools. So V, whenever I read your books, I literally have highlighters and pens and sticky notes and tabs ready to go and like warmed up because <laughs> I know I'm going to come back to your work. And I am not just saying that like, so author to author, number one, thank you because cues, your new book is no exception. And I can already tell at an early advanced copy flip through that girl, I'm going to, mm -hmm. I better get that highlighter yeah. ready. So thank you for so writing in that way. The funny thing is I have a rule. I actually learned this from Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, mm. we're going to we're going to talk about Neil deGrasse Tyson, astrophysicist, handsome, right? Mm. Okay. So, I learned this cue from him. So, okay. when he researches his book, so he's he's brilliant, right? He's an astrophysicist. Brilliant. brilliant, okay? He has a problem where he's so obsessed with research and science that when he's researching for a new book, mm. he wants to put it all in. But not all of it is interesting or usable for his readers. Got so it. what he does, he has a rule that he goes on an airplane or sits next to someone at a coffee shop and he tells them a couple of facts that he's thinking about putting in the book. And if they raise their eyebrows, really, he puts it in. If yeah. they don't raise their eyebrows, he doesn't put it in. He literally says, my books are every eyebrow raising thing I've ever said. Mm. That cue, that story stuck with me when I was working on Captivate whenever I do any of my work, but really for Captivate and cues because the eyebrow raise is a cue mm. of engagement. Literally across genders and cultures and races, when we want to see something better, we raise our eyebrows as if to say, get out of the way. I want to see more. Mm. Even when we're just listening, by the way, we raise yeah. our eyebrows up as if to take in more. It's an instinctive cue. It's an acute interest. So when I am working on cues and I am yeah. trying to think, is this usable? Is this usable? I have that rule for myself. If I share a tip with someone, they have to raise their eyebrows like all the way up their forehead. Yeah. No Botox, like all the way past the Botox, <laughs> past it, all the way up. 
And then I'm like, I'm putting that in the book. That's a lean in. Like you're looking for the lean in. So the, okay. So is the lean in another cue that is very uh, similar to the eyebrow raise moment? So maybe when you're putting together a talk or whatever, you're looking for those lean in moments. Or if you're a salesperson, Vanessa, like look for the yes. lean in moments because we can solve that yes. problem. Okay, so first, we, I realized we jumped way ahead of ourselves, which of course, we, I'm sure I knew we were going to do it's this. It's okay. So this is first, so exciting. A cue, just, just a cue yeah. for Let's anyone who's listening is a, is a subtle, the powerful, <laughs> yeah, it's a subtle, powerful signal you send to another human being. There Got are nonverbal cues, so body language, facial expressions, vocal cues, so the cues we hear in voice tone. For example, mm. if I said vocal cues, that would send different than vocal cues, okay? Uh. So vocal. Um, verbal, so the words we use, and then last one, imagery. That's the fonts, colors we were talking yeah. about. So in these four, we just talked about two. So the eyebrow raise, and you are absolutely right, the lean in. In that, what I like to think about, so when I first started learning about cues, there was so many, there are 96 cues in the book. I was like, how am I gonna remember these? Yeah. Like, how do I use these purposefully? So what I thought about was, each cue can be grouped into four categories. And these categories are actually how we categorize humans. But research has found, and this study blew my mind. It's a, this is a, 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 was a landmark study from 2002 that looked at how humans judge others. And they found that the two traits that are most important for other people are warmth and competence. That highly charismatic people signal warmth and competence in the first few minutes of interacting. So the way that I group the cues are warm cues, competent cues, charismatic cues, cues that are so mm, juicy and good and we love them that everyone should use them. And then the last category is danger zone cues, cues Ooh. the bad guys use, cues that signal guilt and shame. So it's funny, we happen to accidentally start on two highly charismatic cues, the eyebrow raise and the lean in, which are, which are also warmth cues. So when we lean in, think about this from an evolutionary perspective, when we want to touch something, smell something, taste something, hear something better, we lean. A mm. lean activates our five senses. And when we want to be engaging, whether that's as content creators, as writers, as entrepreneurs, out of being of a video call, right? Like sharing yeah. something on a team call. What do you want? You want people, you want to activate people's senses. You want to get them engaged literally on all their senses. So a lean, you can both send a lean. So I could lean into you to say, this is going to be good. Yeah. Or I can look for your leans when I think that you're engaged because you literally like it so much you want to activate your senses. And what's <sighs> cool is um, I share this study in the book. There's a little mind game. You want to play a little mind game together? Oh, you had me at game. Let's go. Okay. I, <laughs> I knew you would say yes because you're, you're my, yes, you're my friend. Yes, and when do we start? <laughs> yes, and. Okay, so everyone listening, just for a second, wherever okay. you are right now, whether you're sitting or standing or cooking or walking, I want you to lean in just three inches. Just take a minute. Do you feel a little different? What's your brain thinking about? Research has found that this small lean activates a different part of your brain. Specifically, when we lean in just three inches, it makes us want to do. Ooh. It makes us more motivated. It literally primes you for action. That's really powerful because cues are not just what we show people. They're not just what we decode. They actually create loops. And that affects our day, our burnout, our energy. 
So it's like this all crazy it. loop that we're in. Yeah. Holy cow. And you know, that's something we're all about here in the house of and, and certainly as we lean into the power of that one word, because it's all about movement, it's all about action. It's all about guts over fear, right? Doing the scary thing, even if your knees are shaking like Bambi. And I love that we can use these verbal, nonverbal cues from fonts to the way we use our face to <laughs> actually trigger Action is what you're saying. Like, so I lean in, I am telling my body and my mind, we're going somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Like here's another example of this. Exactly what you just said is so powerful. <sighs> is, you know, I'm a recovering awkward person as we know. What's mm, one of my about. favorite things about you? <laughs> I, you know, I'm still in recovery. I have a lot of social anxiety, yeah. but the way that I've learned to conquer it, I, I used to wish for confidence. You know, I yeah. used to wish for confidence. And I would try, you know, all the things people say, be yourself. And yeah. so I try for confidence. The only way that I know how to get confidence is control Ooh. that I feel the more in control I am of the cues I am sending to others. And the more control I am of being able to read the cues being sent to me, that's kind of my back door into confidence. So if I know that I'm feeling a little afraid, I'm feeling a little nervous, but I know if I can lean into it, right, like literally mm. physically in, lean into literally. it, I'm giving my, my brain, yeah, I'm giving my brain the, the place it needs activating. Or another example is they even found that when people are able to openly gesture, so open body, so their chest is open, free of barriers, so no mm. arm cross or textbook in front of you or person in front of you, and they're able to gesture with their hands, they actually have more creative ideas. Oh, wow. So it's okay to talk with my hands. You're basically telling me the more I do this, the more you need need to talk to your hands. Now, (gasps) now, there's a difference between explanatory gestures and jazz hands. Correct. Correct. We we gotta have a, okay, let's talk about that. Cause there's so many people that have to give presentations. And I feel like you touched on this in Captivate where you were talking about like people trust people more when they are open and using it. Do I remember that from your Ted talk, right? Yes. Oh my goodness. By the way, you're so kind. You know I my remember. work so well that you can quote it. Oh, I, that's when you know you have a good talk, girl. Oh my gosh. Hearts, hearts. Yeah. Okay. Hearts, so, hearts. Yes. So, so gestures, it's, so I, I talk about gestures in my TED talk and I talked about gestures a little bit in Captivate in that they are captivating and that they create this sort of feedback loop of not only other people like them, but they actually make you think more creatively. What's really interesting is I'm, I'm adding on to that in cues a little bit where I, it's not only gestures, it's also like palms. Ooh. I have like a, a line in the book that my editor wanted me to cut and I just refused, which is um, palms are sexy. And that's because <laughs> I think our palms, <laughs> I love I think it so much. The sexiest part of our body. I mean, look at that palm. So just tell me why, it. why are palms sexy? Vanessa? Let me tell you. So. <laughs> From an evolutionary perspective, they are very sexy. And that is because when you are approached by a stranger caveman back in our caveman days and you wanted to know if they were friend or foe, they went, friend, right? Friend. If you want to know if you're safe, you say hi. Or hey, I'm right you here. Know, good to see you. Yeah, I have right. no weapons. Friendly fire here. Get, get we're good. <laughs> get your hands up. Like, get your hands up. Palms. Yes, palms are literally uh. a, a signal of openness. And this mm. has been proven true in so many settings. So first, we use our palms to acknowledge. When you walk into a party where you're a little nervous and you feel out of place, what's what's the thing that will make you feel amazingly accepted immediately? Your friend across the room going, hey, come on hey. over. Yeah, like someone literally opening their arms, showing their palms, and waving like, you over. 
Right, like this is the sexiest thing I can see when I'm nervous. I is love my it friend so much. Or someone saying, "Come on over," or "Hey, it's good to Sit meet you." With well, us. Hi, nice to see you. Yeah. Yes, it's a welcoming gesture. It's an acknowledged gesture. So one is I'm very palm friendly. Like I am palm out all the time. Right, like I'm like, "Hey, good morning. It's good to see you." But also, when we are gesturing, they looked at leaders and they took pictures of leaders with seven different hand gestures. Like literally, these are actual leaders took pictures of them in seven okay. different hand gestures. And they asked participants to rate them on charisma. So which mm. gestures literally are the most charismatic? And by far, the gestures that show palms are the most charismatic. Specifically, the most charismatic gesture of all, can you guess what it was? Guess what the most positive hand gesture is. It's um, So I'll give you a hint. It's not the wave. It's not I was going to say that. Well, it's either. I'll give you a hint. Handshake or high five. Here's a hint. Here's oh, a hint. get out. It's, is it the, this? The steeple. The steeple, the steeple. where you're like, hmm. Okay, so Let's, the steeple is the when we place steeple. the tips of our fingers together in a little okay. tent gesture, or it looks like a little get church out. steeple. Why? This is where it gets really interesting. The reason why we love leaders with this gesture, so that's the reason, by the way, I put it on the cover. I was going to say, you had to put it on the cover. That so, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Same with red. I talk about the color red. I talk that's about your that color. Too. Yep. <laughs> It's well, always been your color, though, I feel like. Oh, you were blue yeah. for Captivate. You were blue yeah. for Captivate. Yep. I just, it's, it was a purposeful change-up, which I talk about why that, I can't wait. that color psychology in the book. So the steeple is interesting because we love it because, one, I can see my palms. So we know I'm not concealing a weapon. I'm not concealing mm. anything. Second, it is the most confident of the hand gestures. I even go so far to call it the power pose of the hands. The power this, pose of the hands right this here. This is the power pose of the hands. The because, steeple, y'all. Because when we are anxious or nervous, we tend to clench. In fact, our fists, our, our hands evolved yep. to form fists. This is the most tense, but we don't like to see white knuckling. We don't right. like to see someone gripping their hands. We don't like to see, see wringing hands. You mm. have to be relaxed to do this. You have to have your fingers calm and relaxed. So yeah. instinctively, we know if we see someone in a board meeting or on a book cover or in Shark Tank, if you watch Shark Tank, you might know They do Mr. that Wonderful. a lot. Mr. <gasps> Wonderful is a lot. And he does this while he's thinking because it's kind of a contemplative gesture. So the reason that I love, love me some palms and I love a steeple is because from an evolutionary perspective, it is high competence, high confidence. Isn't that a weird Okay. <laughs> this is so good. So Vanessa, why, why are you so obsessed with cues? Is it because oh. cues and understanding them have helped you as a recovering awkward person? Like, tell me why that relationship and why cues this book now? Yeah. Um, I think that I had a lot of social pain in my past. And what I mean by yeah. social pain is like both actual rejection, but also like my fear of rejection. And so mm. I think that the only way that I knew how to anesthetize that or like get, feel like I was more in control of it was to understand the cues. So I'm a high neurotic, which um, I love talking about neuroticism. I forgot if we've talked about. I don't think we have. I was going to ask you, can you define, like, what, how do you define yes. neuroticism? Because I okay, feel like so I may be too. And I also want to talk about charisma. So pin that one too. Because okay. I want, I want so people to understand what charisma is. Yes, yes. Okay, so well, for, I can answer that one quickly. L luckily, the research finds charisma is high warmth plus high competence. 
Cool. That's it. Got it. That's Got exactly it. what charisma is. That's what the research says. Okay. Neuroticism, and I, I think it's important to get really clear on neuroticism. So neuroticism is one of the five main personality traits. There's a lot of academic research and personality, and they say that there's big five. So openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Okay. Neuroticism is my favorite because it's the most, it's like the, it's like the black sheep of the personality traits. Like the, oh my God. It's, for some reason it's become a bad word, but I, I'm, it's my mission to not make it a bad word because Yay. neuroticism is simply how you respond to stimuli. Mm. So neuro highly neurotic people typically have more mood flux. They're mm. typically highly responsive and highly sensitive to the emotions and environment around them. So a neurotic, um, a really high neurotic carries a special form of a very specific gene. They actually found there's, this is in our genetics. This is not a choice. If you're a worrier or a high neurotic, like I am, this is often not a choice. You can't just, right. This is you're, so validating. I, this is so validating. I, I believe me. I shared this with my husband immediately. I was like reading the study to him. I, was I wish like, he was in here right now. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you cannot be mad at high neurotics. Never tell them to calm down. Never tell them not to worry. Don't get your <laughs> oh my God, my okay. life story. Yes. Okay. So if you are a high neurotic or you're married to one, it's really helpful to share this with your low neurotic because they tend to, they often think like, just stop worrying, just mm. calm down. Never in the history of calm down has calm down ever calmed anyone down. Doesn't and so work. for a high neurotic, we carry a special form of a certain gene that is called the tr serotonin transport gene. What this basically means is neurotics produce less serotonin and more slowly than low neurotics. Serotonin is very important. It keeps us calm. It makes mm. us feel like everything's okay. So when we, a high neurotic, I don't, I won't, Judy, I don't know where you are. So I, I, you'd have to self-diagnose. You think you're high, yeah. low or medium? Oh, I, I would, I would guess I'm pretty high, pretty high on the okay. spectrum. Yeah. Okay. So if you're high, you get an email that's kind of mm. bad. Uh -huh. Like you think it's bad, but it's kind of bad, but you're not sure. Or you're in a room and you think you see a cue of social rejection. Did she just snub me? Did I just see an eye roll? And what do we do? We overanalyze. Oh yeah. We overanalyze. Right. I'm like, I'm like, this email's horrible. This email's going to ruin my day. How do I get anything done? And I begin to have cortisol and adrenaline and my body doesn't produce serotonin quickly. So I stay in that funk all afternoon. Mm. In that meeting, I think I see a cue of social rejection and I cannot shake it. It shake throws it. me off my game. I give a bad presentation. I feel like I'm nervous. I feel like I'm not my most charismatic self. So this is important because the reason why cues why now is because I used to misinterpret cues of social mm. rejection. It is actually proven that high neurotics often misinterpret neutral <gasps> faces as negative. This wow. is why... This yeah, is like why it's what? so important. This is why we have to know because you think of all the wasted time, all the wasted energy. And honestly, whether you're high neurotic or not, if you're a human being, listen, you know, there's this whole conversation around people pleasing. And listen, unless you're like a complete narcissistic sociopath, you want people to like you and you want people to respond well to your work. What we can't do is tie our self-worth to how other people receive it. But you are right. And specifically as a presenter, and I know we share this in common. Um, there are times where I'll be on stage and I will see one cue and I am, I, Vanessa, this is why I need the book because it will send me into a dance on stage that makes me think I am trash. My work is trash. I need to get off the stage. Let me speak faster and rush out of this because I got to get out of here because she hates That's me. That's it. 
That's that's it. I she hates me. She hates that me. Is, she hates me. They hate me. Yeah. They hate me. I'm bad. Or they think I'm, I'm stupid. I'm not smart enough to be here. Or this isn't landing. They don't need this. Whatever it may be. Wow. So that's so, why this matters. Yes. Yeah, so I want everyone who's listening. If you've had this experience, I want you to first be kind to yourself. Yeah. This is a part of being human, especially if you're neurotic. It is the way that you are wired. Nothing is wrong with you. You are beautiful and wonderful and smart. And that means you're highly sensitive and that's a superpower. Yeah. So that's exactly what was happening to me is I was on stage. I was in a meeting. I was the friend and I would see one cue that was often neutral. Yeah. I would worry about it or just misinterpret it as negative. And then it psyched me out. And this oh, cycle, this cascade of negative emotions, cortisol, adrenaline, and no serotonin. And I was drained and I was burnt out. And so I sat down and I was like, you know what? No more. I'm going to categorize every single cue. I am going to figure out what are the actually negative cues and how do I reply? How do I respond? What are the positive cues? What are the neutral cues? And what are the specific emotion cues? When I know those, I feel more in control. So I know exactly what cues are being sent to me. And so for any of my high neurotics listening or any of my low neurotics who aren't necessarily sensitive, but you want to dial up already where you're at, I think that understanding the cues that are being sent to you is incredibly empowering. And it also makes sure you don't get false negatives. Yeah, that's brilliant. It's so good. And it's so empowering, which leads to confidence because when, like you, I can relate, like when I feel the most confident, it's because I feel I have the most control. And keep in mind, um, I think this is the bis big misnomer about the improv theater, right? People assume improvisers are like, ooh, we just wing it and go with the flow. Actually, uh, the reason and the way we can improvise is because we've done the work in order to be able to do that. We have prepared for the uncontrollable moment so that when it happens, we can respond with the right cues and with the right confidence. So I'm, I'm really with you on that. I'm going to take a quick pause right here because I think so much of our verbal, visual, vocal, and physical cues are really rooted in the confidence that we either have or don't have about ourselves, And, you know, what we're really doing inside our monthly mentorship for the House of And is we're really helping you say, bring it on to what's possible, even if that feels scary, even if it's implementing a new idea in your life, like being more cognizant of the cues you put out there into the world. And here's the thing I want to remind you of. If you are afraid, congratulations, you are probably doing it right. Inside our House of And monthly mentorship, we're going to help you get more confident in these scary situations, we're going to help you say, bring it on to what's possible. Because the white hot truth is this, saying yes is not enough. You can say yes in this life and still be complacent. If you want to change, you have to move and is movement and is a symbolic manifestation of adding something new to the mix. And whether it's you adding a new verbal, physical, visual, or vocal cue into your life, or you 
taking a new class or picking up the phone or making a new connection. We want to help you with all of it. So I invite you to our house, the House of And monthly mentorship. You'll get to work with me twice a month, live, live. Of course, our monthly classes are recorded. So if you miss a live interaction, you can catch it on the replay, but twice a month, you'll get to work with myself. You'll get to lean into and live this methodology. And you'll also get access to a community of like-minded human beings that are out there trying to do the same thing in our house. It's where discomfort meets joy. It's where what could go wrong becomes what could go right. It's where we run confidently towards opportunities, goals, and dreams while unlocking the superpowers you've already got inside of you. And you have them. Your cues can illuminate it. And so can the methodology inside the house of Anne. So I invite you to join us. And if you want to try before you buy, use the code, open the door at checkout, make sure you select the bundle. It'll comp you out for a free month. So you can check it out, take a look and lean into what we're doing a little bit more. Okay. Back to the show. Tell me, you know, I want to give um, our listeners, I want to get into your brain on like some branding stuff and cues we can start and how we can um, stop long-winded talkers with love. And, you know, when people, when someone keep in, when people, you know, when you're interrupted all the time, you have information, you have tips on that too. I want to like talk about that Um, because I don't, I I don't know cool ways to get out of that. So I think you can help me with this. Um, But I want to know like real quick before we, I have two things. So let's do the first one. What? was the most, I'm sure you found out all kinds of really cool stuff. And you talked about a few, you've talked about a few things already. Like what was the most interesting discovery piece of research conversation you had that like sort of surprised you as it relates to cues, something you didn't see coming maybe. Actually, it, you, you sort of primed me for it because it does have to do with the idea of how, how to get someone to stop interrupting. Okay. That perfect. Was complete, yeah. That was a complete surprise to me. So I did not realize that your cues could speak for you. So I always felt like, you know, I'm, I'm an ambivert, I'm in, in between extra introvert. I don't love setting up boundaries. You know, it's always been a hard thing for me. So I always thought that was all verbal. You know, I have to have the right words yes. to interrupt or be assertive or set up my boundaries. What I accidentally discovered is I was talking to a master negotiator. He's a Hollywood producer and he's negotiated like major deals. And he told me, oh, I almost say nothing in in negotiation. I was like, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, I just show them negative nonverbal when I don't agree and positive nonverbal when I do agree. And they negotiate with themselves. Are you kidding? I was like, what? It like, (laughs) it like, it like. It like broke my mind. And then I started to ask him like, what do you mean negative non-verbal? So one of the ones he um, taught me was this idea of you should let your non-verbal speak for you, especially if you have an over talker. And in Hollywood, there's a lot of these. There's a lot of people Mm -hmm. who just talk and talk and talk. For sure. Okay. So here's how you can get someone politely to stop talking. And there's three levels of this. They get more intense as we go on. So the very first one is if you can't get someone to stop talking, try doing what I call the fish. So the fish is when you open your mouth like a fish, as if you're about to say something, but you have to make it like, like obviously a fish. It's even good if it has a sound effect. So I want to go. Someone is talking. We're sort of opening our mouths. You can pop if you want. That would definitely get their attention because we are coded as humans that when someone opens it their looks mouth, like we're going to speak. 
it looks like we're about to speak. And instinctively, you can get a, 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 a talker to be like, oh. and then you have, Brilliant. You have to Okay. Brilliant. So if you're in a meeting or you're on a date or you're the close talker or family member, just, and you can usually get that instinctive. And do you lean um, in with it? Like I notice you lean in with the, the mouth opening gesture. That's like a little more aggressive, right? Okay. But usually That's I'll a little just be intense. like. Like, I'll like, like thinking, I'll like open your mouth and they know oh, she's thinking about something. She has to say something. Okay. Cool. So that's the level one. Okay. Most close talkers, most will see that and give a little startled pause. And then you have it in right? and you have it cool. in. or they'll see you and they'll wrap up their point really fast and say, Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? It's literally, what were you going to say? Okay. So the fish, that's the first one. Very the subtle. Fish. You can do it on a video call, right? This is great. If you're on mute, or if you want to be called on on Zoom, try the yeah right like just opening your mouth even on like that little uh, video screen. So that works really well. Second, cool. okay, so we're leveling up now. You tried the fish; it doesn't work. Okay. The next thing is when you do I call it the pupil. So remember when we were in in school, we would raise our hands when we needed to ask something, right? Yes. We are all kind of hardwired. Palms mean attention, right? We love a palm. Palm means attention. Palms are so sexy. If you would like to interrupt. Some- what? You need t- you need t- palms are sexy. You need t-shirts that say palms are sexy. <laughs> I really should, although it's such an inside joke. But yes, I'm like, did you read chapter six of my book? It will explain it. <laughs> it's like an inside joke with like me and you and like our it's listeners. It's so good. I love it. Okay. I love it. So a palm is sexy, right? So someone's talking, you've tried the fish. What you can do is... So if you hold oh. your hand up just very, very lightly, and if you pair it with the fish even more... We are coded again to be like, oh, palm. Oh, palm. Got it. Right? Like, it's almost it's like a stop, but is... an openness. Yeah. Yes. It's just, it's like a soft, like, oh, um, excuse me? Like, Wait, I'm this is how we my say, hand, but I'm not. Just, but yeah, excuse, excuse me. me. Right? Excuse me. You, you yeah. can do a one finger. Oh, just one, um, just one really quick little thing. Or just um, two yep. things. Right? So you can yeah. do open palm. You can do one finger, two finger. You can pair it with the fish. Right. Yeah. So that really helps because it it's a physical change signal. You can do it on video. You can do it in person. You can do one finger or a palm. You can even keep doing it. Right. So you could try it once. Doesn't work. And then you could try the point. The point's a little bit more aggressive. You can try it. Then you can go a little closer to them. This brings me to level three. If you still have a talker, you still have a talker, by the way, you should just leave. Like if they are, (laughs) if they are still, if they are still talking after that, like lay down and go to sleep. (laughs) Like, yeah, you're, like this is someone who maybe isn't the best person. Okay. But right. so if you're all the way here and you still, it's like your boss or something, you still need to do it. The next thing you want to do is a touch, right? So mm-hmm. as you're reach, as you're putting your palm up, as you're wait one second, you are slowly getting closer to their intimate space. Just, yeah. Just like yeah. slowly getting just a little bit closer. Touching and then eventually you're just, you're just yeah. slowly touching their shoulder or you're touching their hand that's lying on the table or you're literally touching their hand as they're gesturing. So good. If they still don't stop. This is not a person you want to be in a relationship with. If you have touched them and they are still talking, talking. I can't help. They go. might not they be able to help. They need it. They need, they have, they need to go get some, do some serious work. Right. Yeah. All right. It's out of your hands at this. Okay. So when we talk, you, you brought up a uh, video calls, right. And a lot of us are on zoom and of course we have to go old school and pick up the phone and all of this. Right. So are there any like vocal cues that you think, um, or have found make us sound more confident? Let's talk about how we boss up on zoom and all these video yes. calls. Vocal cues is actually my favorite section of the book. So um, the cues, I break it, uh, I break it down to four sections, nonverbal, vocal, verbal, and imagery. Vocal is my favorite section. It's the beefiest. And that's because I think it's the least used 
I think it has so much potential. And the reason mm. for this is because I hear the most mistakes in vocal. I hear people literally give away their power, especially women. I Let's hear talk women about it. give away their power and their vocal power. So here's the very first one that I, I hear all the time, which is how we say our hello or how we say our name. What I've noticed is that people tend to take in a deep breath and say, hello, all the way at the top of their breath. Oh. So what research has found is that when we say hello at the top of our breath, we are in the top of our range. Mm. We hear this as very anxious. We don't like people talking in the highest end of their range because we begin to get vocal fry and we yeah. tend to lose our volume and then it kind of gets sort of screechy. And if I were to do the entire interview like this, it would drive you crazy. Right, right. So what happens, so what I want you to first make sure of is when you are saying something important, especially your vocal first impression, the first 10 words out of your mouth, your introduction and your name and your voicemail, please go listen to your voicemail after mm, this. Okay. I want you to make sure you are speaking on the out breath. So instead of hello, all the way up here, mm. people say, um, they'll start their name up high and they'll swallow the end of their name. So this was a problem I had where I would say, um, hi, I'm Vanessa. Van Edwards. Got it. Instead <laughs> so of... I would say my name. <sighs> right. So um, I went up and I used the question inflections. So the question inflections, we go up at the end of our sentence. So I'm Vanessa. I'm here Ooh. to speak. It's nice to hear mm. from you. Wow. That is how women give away their vocal power. Men do it too, but I hear it most often with women. So one, I want you to speak on the out breath. So take a deep breath in and then say hello on the out breath. So not hello, but instead... Hello. 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 Right. So try to, so um, everyone take a deep breath and say hello on the top. Ready? One, two, three. Hello. Hello. Really high, right? Yeah. That's still you, but Super it sounds like a weaker high. version. Hello? Okay. Like now, it's... Yeah. Now take a deep breath and say it on the out breath. Hello. Hello. Yeah. It's a, a little more controlled. It uh, feels a little more confident, right? Yes. Interesting. You, the, those two hellos from you, Judy, it's you, but you sound like a totally different person. So here's how I answer the phone, you know, like on my cell phone. I'm, I, I say, this is Judy. And now that I, it's coming to me, I'll be like, especially if it's some a number I'm not sure of or a number I see calling, whatever. But I always go, this is Judy. And I like, it's on the breath and it's up and it's it's questioning. Is it Judy? Is I don't know. Judy? I've never is thought it of it. Are you is this Judy? This is Judy. <laughs> Like, as opposed to, this is Judy, right? This is go. Judy. This is Judy. That's it. Right? This is Judy. And, and that's a, wow. And I never realized I did that. Okay. People will rate you as more competent and more charismatic with that swim, simple switch. So mm. every video call, your voicemail, when you hop on the phone, when you answer the phone, out breath, downward. Hello? And it takes practice. This is why we oh, have to run yeah. the reps. Play oh, with yeah. this. Play with this. This is yes. this is I, not. I hope you're doing it out loud. If you're listening, yeah. like, just do it out loud for us so you can hear it. So th that's the first one. The second one is also not accidentally using the question inflection. So I, I've found that when people are really nervous and they're presenting or they're sharing their ideas, they are questioning because they're worrying, do you like this? Do you like me? Are you going to reject me? Do you believe me? And so they mm. end up giving a presentation like this. Um, good morning. So today I'm going to go over a couple updates and then we'll review everything together. And I just want to start on page 10. 
Oh my gosh. Yes. I know that exact right? presentation. I, yeah. I have sat in them. I've probably given them specifically yeah. early in my career. Um, uh-huh. I know you've seen some of that footage cause I was an example in your, uh, presentation, but, uh, my goodness, that is it. That's exactly right. That, that sounds very, are, are we sure? Uh, are we sure? Are we do sure? you like me? Do you, You're are, basically asking, am I good enough like for this? Me? Yeah. Can it's, like do me? you like me? Am Can I, you like do me? Do I belong? Do I belong? And I want to tell you, you belong. And people will like you more when you share that they should. And so I think this is an internal belief change in that you're walking into a meeting or you're hopping on a video and you know you belong and you know your stuff and you're there with good intention. And the second thing is making sure that you are translating that belief into your cues. That when you say it, you're not asking it. That when you're stating it, you're stating it with power. That when you're giving information, you're telling someone something, not asking them for permission. Yes. Yes. Vanessa, I had, while we're on this subject, I had, um, we are in the process of getting quotes for movers. Okay. We're moving across the country over to Scottsdale and we had a gal come over. Yeah. Super exciting. Um, So we had a gal come over gorgeous little blonde girl comes in with her little clipboard and did going to do the inventory of the house. And she's just a total doll. And, um, off the jump, I'm picking up verbal cues, uh, from her face that she is doing a lot of that. Uh, uh, you know, she'd say something and lean in and then pull away a lot of nervous face, face, like the energy I could feel. And I'm also a little bit, you know, I'm very, um, affected by, I'm a little neurotic, so I'm very affected by energy and all of that. And so I was picking it up and trying to give the girl the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, she's probably super nervous because she's coming off that way. And here's where she lost me. And I wonder if you talk about this in the book. I go to thank her and I reach out to shake her hand. And V, she gives me the dead fish. Horrible handshake that I couldn't get away from fast enough. So can we please, I don't, do you address this in your book and how dangerous that cue? Cause that's a cue and it's uh, a, cue a cue that we have got to figure out. And I think women, especially if you are listening right now and you have not checked your handshake in a while, go check it, go, go have check someone it. check it. But let me tell you, uh, she may not get the business simply because of that. Um, cause it, it was so, uh, what, what is up okay. with the fit dead fish handshake so and how do we, fix you are that? not alone. And what does it they mean? They have found that we can uncover someone's four of the five personality traits by handshake alone. So we judge extroversion, openness, agreeableness, just from handshake. We learn a lot. I mean, even trust. I'm about to trust you with the move of my house and you cannot shake my hand. Like, holy cow. Exactly. So um, I talk about touch and cues. I actually talk about handshake and captivate. I also have a free tutorial on YouTube. Just go watch it. I have a whole thing. I'll link to it. Yes, yes, I have a whole tutorial on how to give a perfect handshake, but it's actually the firmness is you want to think about how you squeeze a peach. That's the metaphor I like to give. In other words, when you're trying to test the firmness of something, you're squeezing until you until you feel firm, right? So you're squeezing when it's soft and then when you feel firm, you let go. It's Got the it. same thing as a hand. When you feel a hand, you want to squeeze like you're squeezing a peach. That's yes. how you want to You want to feel it. it, but you don't want to be hurt, but you also don't want to like, feel, it you don't, don't, you don't want it to it. feel like it's going to fall off. Like, you yes. don't want to bruise it. 
right? But you no got to get a little it. bit of meat. You know, you got to feel that meat in there. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. So squeeze it like okay. a peach. Squeeze it like okay. a peach. I'm so here for this. So I love these tactical. One of my final tactical questions I had for you. Uh, so when we think of our brand and, and those visual, can we talk about some visual cues, like from our profile pictures to our clothing, clothing, to our professional brand? Like, let's talk about some of the things you found there. What works? What doesn't? Yes. So let's play a game first. Okay. Okay. More games. Okay. I'm so here for your games. Okay. So everyone who's listening, Judy included, close your eyes. And please imagine in your mind a picture of the moon at night. Mm. Imagine the moon floating in the sky and it's floating over a big, dark blue ocean. So just imagine the ocean and the waves and the moon. Okay, now open your eyes. Judy, tell me the name of a laundry detergent. I'd probably say Tide. Right. So I primed you to think Tide. Because uh, I mentioned moon and ocean. Ocean. So people listening probably thought of Tide too. They actually did this crazy experiment in the lab and they found that they could prime people for the answer they wanted based on the images they showed. The reason why this is important is because the images in your profile pictures, on your covers, in your thumbnails, on your website, in your marketing materials, in the background of your videos, like yes. literally what is behind Judy right now, what's behind me right now, those are creating or activating neural maps. Neural maps is a concept I teach in the book, which is that every time we see an image, it creates kind of a blossom effect of other things that are related to that image. So Judy, actually, I mentioned this, I think in the book, but you don't have it in the background. So we're gonna, we have to add it. You had a pinata in the background of your video at some point. Oh, I did. I've changed my set so many times. Um, You're allowed. I did my pinata. so I, I put this in the book because a pinata is a great visual example. It creates a neural map of what? A birthday party, mm. a surprise, yeah. a present, yes. candy. Gifts. Yeah, fun, right. play. Gifts. And yeah. so I, that is a very purposeful image that creates a neural map for a lot of people of something positive. Behind me, I have a literal map of the world. The I reason I changed my own background, I changed my background too a lot. I was going to ask you, why the map? Yeah. Okay, so I used to have uh, chemicals behind me, oxytocin, dopamine, and serotonin, my hair chemicals. And that was great because I was in that point, I was teaching a lot of tutorials with them. So I was referencing them all the time. And then I was getting a lot of questions, the same question. Does this work globally? Does this work universally? Are Mm. cues more than outside the United States? And it's uh, Captivate's picked up in 17 languages. Q's already got picked up internationally. And so I changed the background to literally show a world map because I want to show... This works It's universal. Everywhere. It's Whether so Whether you're brilliant. in Japan or the U.S. or India, this works everywhere. And so that neural map has helped me with triggering the right signals and answering questions. So what I want you to think about is what are the visual signals you're sending in your, in your profiles and your marketing materials? Do you like them? Are they purposeful? Yeah. Are they creating the right neural maps? Yeah. I have I lots don't of think... examples in the book, by the way, beyond just oh, pinatas. I have some other ones too. I'm going to nerd out in that section. I'm so obsessed with marketing and branding, and I think it is such a um, an important part of, of successful entrepreneurship. And I think so many of us don't really consider the messages we're sending when we do select colors or environments, or it's an afterthought. Um, right. It, it, you know, so the, the, we're sending signals all the time, every day, and um, being thoughtful about that can really um, connect you Empower to you. 
connect you and empower you and get you booked and, and, and earn you clients and maybe, maybe spark something you didn't even see coming. So I, I love this sort of research and all these ideas, you know, where I'm, I'm thrilled for you. Is the book out yet? Vanessa, is it, when is it officially out? The book is out on March 1st. So, so great. It's... It'll be out literally a week after this podcast airs, which Woo! is amazing. So I will Woo! link up to everything in yes. the show notes. I mean. And I just want to say I'm so grateful to you for allowing me to share your stories in the book. You've been an inspiration mm. to me. I want to everyone who's listening, you know, this takes some courage, I think, to yeah. to really think about our cues and to self-diagnose and to, and to challenge where we want to get better. So I just want to thank everyone. Um, for being so generous. And um, thank you. If you're considering a pre-order, I would really be grateful. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. I'm going to link up to everything, Vanessa. Um, you know, I've got to ask you, so final, final question. I always love to ask this question to my, my guests. And I don't think when I had you on the first time my podcast was even called Yes And. I think it's back no. when we were the Fear Boss show very early yes. days. And um, so much has changed and evolved as it should. Um, but, you know, when I think of, you know, Captivate, to cues. Okay. There's been how many, how many years in between those two books? Five, five, five. years. So you have spent probably, I guess a lot of time, um, in the lab sort of anding your way forward oh, yeah. through the next mm -hmm. evolution of you, the books, mm -hmm. the business, the brand, the science of people and everything you're involved in. So let's talk about that. The name of this podcast is Yes And. And uh, in the House of And, we really lean into the power of And to pour rocket fuel on to all of our yeses. So how has that word and specifically maybe even the pairing of those two words been a part of your story over the last five years as an entrepreneur and like as a new mom and all of that? Yes. Yes. By the way, if you see, if you hear construction, I told them that, that I was recording, but that's them starting up again. For a second, I thought it might be your daughter. I was like, wow, is she bouncing a ball? I was like, oh yeah, I have a podcast. And I was like, I'll be done at 345. And they're like, okay, she's done. So. She's done. They don't play around. Well, we are about to wrap up, but this is going to be worth okay. it. This is going to be really worth it. I really want to share this. I really want to share this answer, which is the way that I think about yes and is that when someone offers you a message, and typically yeah. that's a verbal message, they say something to you or they type something to you, my yes and is what else are you saying behind that mm. message, right? You gave me some verbal content or there's an email, but what's the intention here? What's the emotion? What's the body language say? What's the facial expression say? What's the vocal power say? And so for me, yes and is how I think about my work is beyond the face value of communication, what is also happening. I love it. I love it so much. And it's like, you got a beat drum for that entire <laughs> explanation. It's like, we've got bass kicking in the background, but you know, we say in the improv theater, no mistakes, only gifts, Vanessa. Kind of like, and it does feel like we're, we're like, we're getting ready for something big. Everyone, we here are, we go. Everyone, like drum roll. Drum, one, two. If you can see God. Vanessa and I right now, yes. we're like, it's so good. We just turned that into a gift. And let me tell you something. You are a gift. So is your work. Everybody um, go check out Vanessa. I'll link up to everything in the show notes. She's a great follow on Instagram and all the social media. Um, Vanessa, thank you for spending some time here. You are just the best. Mwah. That's a drum roll out, my friends. Drum thank you so roll. much. <laughs> Okay, y'all, there was so much good stuff happening there. I got to tell you, my two big takeaways are number one, that we as women give away so much of our power simply 
in the way we use our voice, in the cues that we send out to the world visually, verbally, vocally, and physically. And there is a way to stop that from happening so that we can start having more powerful, impactful conversations and interactions. My goodness, you deserve to do that in the world. So that was big for me. And then the whole conversation around neuroticism and how so many times, that was like a light bulb for me, how many times I have misread a situation and literally sent myself into a spiral of self-sabotage because I didn't understand or misunderstood some of the cues I was being presented. So that was really powerful. So I'd I'd love to know what you learned. Um, what is a cue um, that you want to try out? Something new you want to try for yourself? Did a light bulb go off anywhere? Uh, talk to me. Send me a DM on Instagram or message me. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was. And if you found this episode inspiring or enlightening or helpful, it would mean the world to me if you would share it with someone you love. I hope to see you in our monthly mentorship. And as always, DM me on Instagram, email me anytime at hello at judyholler.com with your questions, feedback, and show inspo. I thank you for listening. I thank you for sharing. I thank you for reviewing. Until next week, you better keep saying yes and kicking open those doors. Knock, knock.